Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have the latest NBA player rankings for the 2021-2022 NBA season. Uh, these rankings were accumulated uh, by uh, Sports Illustrated and ESPN. Um, of course, we will go over where the bucks fall in these rankings um you know a few are pretty similar between sports illustrated and espn but uh the biggest difference is with brooke lopez who is ranked as the 82nd best player in the nba for the 2022 season by sports illustrated but for espn he is not within the top 100 nba players for the upcoming uh season um it's not the craziest thing in the world because Brooke Lopez is quite a polarizing player. And now that he's getting up with age, someone getting up there in age, someone could always uh, defend that take with um, some sort of uh, fall off in his uh, skill or athleticism or durability. But uh, besides Brooke being on the other side of 30, uh, there's really no indication of that being a significant factor this season. Uh, otherwise, the other Bucks players are in uh, a pretty similar range between Sports Illustrated and ESPN. Uh, Drew and Chris are separated by uh, two and three spots uh, when you compare Sports Illustrated to ESPN, respectively, um, but they're shifted uh around let's see around seven six to seven spots uh they're about six or seven spots higher on espn as opposed to sports illustrated uh, whereas sports illustrated has drew at 28 and chris at 26 meanwhile espn has drew at 22 and chris at 19 um and then both Sports Illustrated and ESPN have uh, Katie, Giannis, and LeBron ranked in that order, one through three, for the best players uh, in the league. I don't think this is quite surprising either after after the one-man show that Kevin Durant put on during the conference semifinals without Kyrie and James Harden. Um, yeah, it was almost expected and... Um, I could understand some people being upset with Giannis not being number one after winning the finals and being the clear best player in the series and having one of the best finals performances of all time. Um, but at the end of the day, the story is still the same. We don't have any, any real reason to, to care about these arbitrary rankings since we are, after all, NBA champions and uh, that certainly cannot be taken away by Sports Illustrated ESPN or anybody else. Um, and it's not the worst thing to be behind an all-time great like a Kevin Durant. 
um, who is also helped by having essentially no weakness in his game where, um, of course, Giannis does have have some holes himself, of course, in in the shooting department, which I think will uh, will always hurt his his perception to a degree. But um, if he's able to take us to the promised land, there's no reason to care about that at all because Giannis himself doesn't seem to care either. Uh, he was quoted. Um, I got this from Bleacher Report about Giannis still hunting the greats. He says he likes being the hunter. And he's not the best player in the world. In the world, LeBron James is still the best player. Um, I believe he had Giannis had certain uh, comments similar to this that I don't happen to have offhand. Um, if I had to guess, I'd believe these comments were late in the regular season or perhaps right before the playoffs, where I believe it was going into the Miami Heat series. Giannis was saying he he can't guarantee at all that that they will beat the heat um because of course they didn't win the year before and they're they're a tough team and a tough matchup for the milwaukee bucks so um you know just because just because Giannis isn't um is quite transparent not naive doesn't mean he's not going to do his best to be the best player on the court every single time and uh lead his team to victory so um, at the end of the day, this is really just clickbait and we are still NBA champions. So we can keep falling back onto that. Um, given that we're in the off season, I do find these lists interesting to evaluate. However, with a grain of salt, um, for example, uh, ESPN was, it was a bit kinder to Drew and Chris, like we had touched on. And I thought it was, uh, cool to see who ESPN thinks are uh, at in the same tier as Drew and Chris Middleton. Um, those being ba- uh, Bam Adebayo at number 21 and Kyrie at number 20 between Drew and Chris at 22 and 19. And when you're, when you're up this high in the rankings, it's, there's no sense in getting upset about, um, yeah, there's no sense in getting upset at all about, about these rankings. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving, a one of the best offensive players uh, in the league, one of the maybe the best ball handler of all time, one of the best clutch shot makers of all time, and for Chris to be one spot ahead of him, I think uh, speaks wonders. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was also ranked just above, just ahead of Chris Middleton at 18 for ESPN, um, which is completely acceptable given. Um, how insane Donovan Mitchell has been in his uh, past two playoff performances, being uh, scoring over 30 points per game as a number one option for the Utah Jazz. Um, I know the, the national media has had a lot to say about the Utah Jazz with um, getting similar treatment as the Milwaukee Bucks before this championship and um just questioning whether or not they've, they've hit their ceiling since they don't have, have a ton of wiggle room as far as roster construction, but they also still have plenty to prove. Um, of course, losing, I believe they, yeah, they uh, lost while being up 3-1 last year in the bubble against the Denver Nuggets, and then this year they lost uh, two in a row against the LA Clippers in the conference semifinals after Kawhi Leonard 
got hurt. Um, granted, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell were both were both hurt. Uh, Mitchell might have played through those injuries, but um, yeah, timing was definitely a bitch for for the Jazz. But it also was for the Clippers, who were I can confidently say thinner than the Jazz. So. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's still an indictment on on the Jazz, I believe, to not come out of that without Kawhi Leonard. Um, even though Terrence Mann did have quite a performance, and they have a lot of lot of a uh, lot of lineup versatility. Um, otherwise, some kind soul on Reddit was um, gracious enough to share last year's uh, top fifteen list. Uh, right below this year's um, these lists being for Sports Illustrated and I thought it was cool that seemingly the top 10 has not changed one iota um, I mean the rankings have changed within the top 10 but it's the same 10 players who are in the top 10 from last year to this year um, so going further down from the top three for this year, where of course we have Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and LeBron James. From there, it goes Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, James Harden. Who that stuck out to me, where he's ranked number seven now, as opposed to number four last year. But one big change occurred in which he's. Um, without a doubt, the number one option on the Houston Rockets and their sole offensive engine with the with the entire team built around him. But now he is uh, part of that big three in, in Brooklyn where he'll be sharing the ball again with Durant and Kyrie. Um, I think his, his the falling in rankings has more to do with his situation as opposed to his ability. Um... Kevin Durant definitely jumped from six to one, but that has to do with the questions with his uh, uh, return from an Achilles injury that seemed to have little effect on him. Uh, Jokic jumped from eight to five naturally as the reigning MVP. Luka jumped from nine to six, um, which I suppose is a little surprising because yet again he's kind of the uh popular pick for mvp this year but it was the same last year and not much has really changed um still did not experience much success in the playoffs and um yeah by no means am i low on luka Doncic, but he was already um you know he was already the wonder boy last year so him jumping up three spots without doing much different um, is noticeable to me, but you do have you do have Kawhi Leonard moving down from three to ten because who knows if he will return at all. But Sports Illustrated seems to think that if it, if he does return at all, no matter what, he will be a top ten player. Understandable. Um, and other big fallers, like I mentioned. Um, well, what I didn't mention was Anthony Davis, who moved down from seven to nine. That has to do with the uh, contrast in winning a championship to losing in the 
first round, both as the second banana, but uh, much there has to do with with uh, health, to be sure. And then, yeah, everyone else I definitely touched on. The, the next five, the 11 to 15, is slightly different. Um, it looks like... At a glance, Jason Tatum jumped into that top 15 from last year. Um, And (laughs) this is interesting. Chris Paul is actually fell out of the top 15 for Jason Tatum. Um, He's 14 last year and is now uh, somewhere lower than that, Um, which all that has to do with... uh, it must be age, given that he's 36 or 37. And at some point, uh, similar to what we say about Le- LeBron James, he should fall off. But um, everyone must have more uh, hope in LeBron maintaining his level of play as opposed to Chris Paul. Um, Bradley Beal still at 15. Paul George moved up from just 13 to 12. Remember how sour people were on Paul George um last summer after the Clippers terrible collapse in the conference semifinals against the uh Denver Nuggets I believe um yeah those 2-3-1 victories in a row for the for the Denver Nuggets and uh Clippers and especially playoff P falling victim there Damian Lillard moved up one uh, by virtue of Jimmy Butler moving from uh, number 11 to 14. Um, like we talked about with Anthony Davis, uh, just the results changing from uh, being in the NBA Finals to losing in the first round and being outscored by Brent Forbes uh, must be the cause there. I could look at this list all day. I do not care. But I'm going to scroll through ESPN's uh, a little quicker here, um, just because, well, one, we already know where, where the top three stands, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and LeBron James in that order. Number four is Luka Doncic, who was number six on Sports Illustrated's list. Number four was Steph Curry. Um on Sports Illustrated, but Steph is number five. And yes, then Nikola Jokic falls in at number six. So it looks like Luka just jumps um, Steph, or jumps Nikola Jokic, then Steph in that order to be number four. Joel Embiid is number seven as opposed to uh, number eight on Sports Illustrated. Uh, Joel's number seven on ESPN. Damian Lillard is number eight on ESPNs as opposed to 11 on Sports Illustrated. Anthony Davis is number nine on both. And James Harden falls all the way to 10 for uh, ESPN's list. So big difference here is Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis jump uh, James Harden on the on ESPN's ranking in addition to Damian Lillard um, passing all three of those guys. 
And with that high of a ranking, there's still, in my mind, no need to have too heated of arguments among the top 10. The 11 through 15 guys on ESPN in order is Bradley Beal, Paul George, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum. They are all also 11 through 15 guys on Sports Illustrated list. The difference is Devin Booker is number 15 on ESPN's ranking um, ahead of Jimmy Butler at 16 for ESPN. And I believe that is plenty there um, with a little bit of a little bit of extra NBA talk already outside of the Milwaukee Bucks. But there was more more news that came in. A lot of it I spoke I spoke about um, perhaps becoming inevitable since the Bucks stood at 17 uh, roster spots as a um, two above the 15 player limit, and we had two. Uh, partially guaranteed guys in Mamadi Diakite and Elijah Bryant both have been uh, waived. Um, we first heard about Mamadi's um, departure via Real GM, and then just before recording, uh, the Athletics' Eric name revealed uh, that Elijah Bryant would also not be joining the team at training camp. Um on RNBA, I've been seeing just, uh, you know, just splattered in there. Um, random assortment of teams announcing that they are completely vaccinated. I wonder if we'll get that news uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks now that Elijah Bryant is no longer on the team, but we're helped by not being uh, one of the teams such as the Golden State Warriors or the Knicks or Nets that have a uh, um, I believe they are, there are vaccine mandates um, for uh, joining the arena there. And there's still still some news to come out with um, Andrew Wiggins um, not being approved for his COVID-19 vaccine exception, um, exemption rather. And I also... Uh, if memory if memory serves me right, Kyrie Irving has not received his first shot of the vaccine either. So uh, maybe more to come on whether or not um, that makes either of those players expendable. I especially don't think that will be the case for um, Kyrie. I mean, for them to hold out this long, um, I suppose, why wouldn't they if there wasn't basketball to play? Um up until the near future, but I, I would I would bet that they would both end up getting the vaccine reluctantly. Um, Kyrie being such an integral piece to the Brooklyn Nets, especially I don't I don't see this indicating a potential trade, even though we've definitely seen the clickbait on our uh, on our Instagram discovers if anyone else is like me and getting way too much NBA content when we don't ask for it sometimes and suggesting that suggesting a Ben Simmons for Kyrie trade um, which is just 
kind of ridiculous given given all the negative negativity out there on Ben Simmons. However, it's a bit more believable with Andrew Wiggins since Wiggins is not at the same level as Kyrie Irving. But again, I would not put my money on these guys not uh, getting their two shots so that they can uh, play the half of their NBA games that will be uh, at home with their current teams. But crazier things have happened. Anyhow, getting back on track here, um, a piece of news along with the uh, Mamadi departure was that the Bucks signed uh, Javin Delorier. I could be saying that completely wrong. The last name might even be French, but please do not ask me to try to speak French right now. Javin Delurier, I risk saying incorrectly again, uh, 6'10", 237-pound center who spent four years with Duke. Um, he was undrafted last year, and I think he was with, uh, well, I know with some team he was in the uh, G League bubble last season, and um, I think was on a um, was on a limited deal with the Hornets that turned into some time with the Greensboro Swarm, their G League affiliate. Um, De Lurier averaged three three point four points, three point eight rebounds, and thirteen point four minutes in four years at Duke. So uh, nothing to write home about, naturally, but. Uh, just the measurables there, and in conjunction with waving uh, Diakite, he could be um, he could be an interesting guy in the G League. That's really the most I can say. Um, given the recency of my realization here, I haven't uh, gone into one of my full um, sort of. I haven't put my scouting hat on at all to share any hot takes with you but maybe that's for the best so that I don't get so that I don't get too uh so, so I don't get too hyped up on on this guy but yeah no reason for pessimism with him either it doesn't hurt to to bring in a big body for training camp which uh training camp if the our Milwaukee Bucks tracker is correct um yesterday they shared a photo of Carlos Del Trino indicating that there were 10 days to go until uh, Bucks training camp yesterday. So now nine days away on October 5th. So uh, assuming that Reddit is not failing me, which it obviously has not failed me yet. Um, totally joking, of course. But yeah, you'd imagine it's it's not the most difficult news to find. It's just that uh, doesn't hurt to trust Reddit for non-consequential things like that. But that means in two episodes from now, we will have some actual on-court activity for uh, for myself to discuss. I know a week from today, there will be an open scrimmage um, for Bucks fans to come watch. I will be attending my first ever Packers game at Lambeau 
with my good buddy Laura. So I will not be able to be in attendance, unfortunately. But as we're recording here at 747, a little later than usual, on uh, Sunday, September 26th, the Packers do lead the uh, San, San Francisco 49ers 10 to 0 with with three minutes and 19 seconds left in the first quarter. Much football to play there, but um, shout out the pack. I'm terribly sorry I can't be supporting you gentlemen right now, but you know I am in spirit in this recording. And selfishly, I could use a win because it doesn't look like I will be in fantasy this week. Um, but here's to a speedy recovery for uh, Tennessee wideout A.J. Brown, who has just been abysmal for me otherwise in fantasy this year regardless prayers up to to our guy aj um so now i want to get into a little bit of some historical bucks news that being our very own prophet brandon according to basketball reference the pterodactyl jennings turned uh 32 um on the same day that my buddy Colin and and past guest of the show turned 25. So happy birthday to both Brandon and Colin, the two loves of my life. Um, but naturally, this had me um, thinking back to Brandon Jennings' heyday with the Bucks um, before he was he was shirtless, chugging beers and and throwing cans in the back of a pickup uh, during this past summer's uh, NBA championship parade. Uh, Brandon averaged 16.6 points, 3.2 rebounds, and 6.2 assists, along with 1.4 steals per game in um, 409 uh, starts out of 412 games in his first six seasons. Pardon me. Unfortunately, after then, if you look at his basketball reference page, he really, um, he really fell off after there because it was the following season, or maybe it was partially through his. I believe it was partially through his sixth season, um, where, yeah, I believe partially through his his sixth season, which is his second with the Pistons, he tore his left Achilles. And was subsequently traded along with Ursan Ilyasova, Bucks legend, for Tobias Harris, another uh, former Buck, which uh, would have been interesting for the Bucks to hold on to a bit longer. But um, the rest is history, of course, as several years later, we are currently NBA champions. Um, anyhow, um, starting with Brandon's. Uh, seventh season and onward he would go on to only average 6.9 points 2.3 rebounds and 4.3 assists starting just 20 of um, of his last 143 games that he played in the association so unfortunately Brandon is kind of the poster child for how well, he's definitely not the only one, but he is a prime example of someone um, 
not being able to return from an, Achille- an Achilles injury, um, you know, like he was before. But yeah, not everyone can recover and come back just like Kevin Durant and be um, and be the number one ranked NBA player for the next season uh, compared to two of the largest NBA media platforms. But Brandon did have quite an exceptional career in his first six seasons, to be sure, um, being a member of the all-rookie team uh, in 2010. Of course, the 55-point game uh, extremely early in his career against Stephen Curry. Um, and then, yeah, of course, with those numbers, uh, someone who who was at times in the NBA All-Star conversation without ever quite being able to get there, but um, still one of the best athletes in the world if, if ever you achieve that level of greatness at any point in time. And just an incredible watch above all else. And um, I know I talked about it a lot before it came to fruition, but um, although it was low-hanging fruit, um, exceptional job by the Milwaukee Bucks organization to make sure Brandon was courtside uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, at Fiserv Forum um, during our title run. Uh, being able to sit next to Dave Chappelle, of all people, which another point in which I'm envious, and also including him uh, in the parade with us. And I mean, he's our prophet, so we can't uh, we can't say enough about our boy Brandon. But um, another blast from the past came up on Twitter, and that was per um, NBA Central. Um, you know, I would say a fairly popular follow on Twitter. They come up on my feed quite a lot, although I don't know um, anything else that they're affiliated with. They share that the Lakers may have some interest in working out Monte Ellis uh, for the upcoming season. I wouldn't put my money on, I don't know if I'd even put my money on him actually being able to work out for them, but certainly I, I highly doubt that he will make the opening day squad, but all the more reason to look back to this era in, um, in Bucks basketball when we thought what we achieved this past summer, uh, was the impossible, um, with the Brandon and Monte p- pairing for two seasons, um, for the Milwaukee Bucks, um, Monte averaged 18.9 points, 3.8 rebounds, and six assists. Also, uh, 1.9 steals per game in his two seasons with the Milwaukee Bucks for his career. 12 NBA seasons, he averaged 17.8 points, 3.5 rebounds, and 4.6 assists, along with 1.7 steals um, with the Golden State Warriors, where he spent most of his career. Uh, that's seven. his first seven NBA seasons. He averaged 19.6 points, 3.7 rebounds, 4.4 assists, and 1.7 steals per game. And, um, you know, respectfully... Besides Monte's play off off the court, um, his electric scoring ability, um, what may quickly come to mind for Bucks fans is the what if of 
um, what if Steph Curry were to have been traded to the Bucks instead of Monte Ellis um, for what it's worth and um, this recall exercise Monte was 26 at the time of the trade whereas Steph Curry was 23 and uh, and through his three seasons at that point when Monte was traded in Steph's third season Steph averaged 17.5 points for 4.1 rebounds and 5.8 assists along with 1.7 steals as well um, through his first three seasons which is a phenomenal start to a career to be sure um, but yeah I know we've all heard the rumors that it was supposedly the Bucks choice uh, as to whether we wanted uh, Monte or Monte or Steph in the deal and we we ourselves chose Monte clearly clearly the wrong decision but you couldn't it feels like a very early 2000s bucks move to pick the best player at the time over over potential again let's not get too upset because um the um yeah the after Monte's tenure with the Milwaukee Bucks, that summer we drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo. So um, our uh, project, for lack of a better word, which is what people thought of Giannis at the time, paid off with our first championship in 50 years. Um, but yeah, I can't recall who the who the most notable source is there on um on uh the choice being with the bucks as far as monte or steph but that happens along with with nba history there are plenty of what ifs um sometimes having to do with injury um in a similar vein to this um the um golden state warriors were also um 90 percent of the way to trading uh, Clay Thompson for for Kevin Love, and that would have uh, completely altered their history as a franchise. But um, like many Bucks fans can admit at this point, there's a lot, there's a ton of luck that goes into winning a championship, let alone starting a dynasty like the Golden State Warriors did. And, um, and yeah, we achieved our ultimate goal. So we can let bygones be bygones. And Perhaps my last remembrance of the show will be um, in honor of J.J. Redick, um, who played 28 games and started two with the Milwaukee Bucks back in 2013 when we traded uh, Tobias Harris, um, a second-year Tobias Harris, for 28 games of J.J. Redick. J.J. averaged... uh, 12.3 points, 1.9 rebounds, and 2.7 assists in those 28 games. Um, And another what if here, um, on a lower level compared to the Monte and Steph one. um, However, even back then, I remember as a um, casual Bucks fan, thinking that Tobias had a ton of promise as a second-year guy, even though he only tallied 
uh, 4.9 points and 2.3 rebounds per game in um, 11.5 minutes of contest um, in uh, 70 games and 23 starts over two seasons. However, um, over the next eight seasons, he would average uh, 17.6 points, 6.5 rebounds, and 2.4 assists, shooting 37.1% from the three-point line, and now becoming, uh, maybe this is getting to the point where it's a little disrespectful on Chris Middleton's behalf, but um, the press going into, particularly around the All-Star break, um, was that Tobias and Chris were putting up um, extremely similar numbers um, on offense, and maybe the, the and the idea was that they were two of the most similar players uh, you can get. Um, that mostly being number wise, I would I would say that Chris is is uh, is a bit more versatile. Um, in that, well, he can, he can, um, he can defend up and down. I, I would say there's, um, he can just defend more players actually having a chance on shooting guards as opposed to Tobias Harris, but also being able to play up at power forward, even though we don't do that as quite a larger team. Um, and yeah, now as a number two on a title team, I would say that's definitely disrespectful, but, um, yeah, that's that's another reason for the Bucks to not feel too bad about letting Tobias Harris go in a short-sighted deal for unrestricted free agent. Um, J.J. Redick is... Um, it helps that we had a, ended up acquiring a guy shortly after for, um, for uh, absolutely nothing in Chris Middleton. Um, pretty much the exact same guy to... Uh, Tobias Harris if you're just if you're just looking at the numbers and a little better if you actually uh, doing the eye test there um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess we can talk about this in the same uh, in the same breath but um, you know I say it a bit tongue-in-cheek another former Milwaukee buck that being uh, Theo Pinson um, will not be joining us in training camp because he will be with the Boston Celtics along with Archie Diacono and uh, Juwan Morgan. Um, those three guys on training camp deals for the Boston Celtics. Um, Pinson started the five 2021 Summer League games for, for the Milwaukee Bucks and was kind of the vet on, on this team. But he is really been on the fringes of not just NBA rotations, but on NBA rosters, uh, uh, being top 15 guys uh, throughout his career. Um, I would like him as that guy as a vet for, for the Milwaukee Bucks, but we just have a full roster as it stands. So um, that's totally fine and good for him if he's able to get that opportunity elsewhere. But it feels like at this point in the offseason, the Boston Celtics are are coming up more than anybody else as far as uh, um, free agent additions and training camp additions. Like the two guys I just mentioned, they also signed um, Garrison Matthews, a three-point sharpshooter who was with the Wizards previously to a one-year um, 
non-guaranteed deal. Um, but yeah, I appreciated having Theo Pinson and having having at least one adult along with our young bucks at Summer League, even though I, we might have only came out of that with one win uh, in that first game against the Clippers if, if uh, yeah, if, uh, if memory serves me right. I did hear, if we are mentioning the Boston Celtics, I feel like the national media lately has been uh, sharing that they're that they're um, some might be higher on the Boston Celtics uh, than they have been in the past couple of years that having to do with their depth um, in additions uh, like Dennis Schroeder, um, Josh Richardson. They had Chris Dunn who would have been um, <laughs> who would have really fit the mold of um, guys like Josh Richardson and uh, Marcus Smart as all defensive caliber guys who really um, aren't the greatest shooters. Granted, uh, Marcus Smart is is uh, is much improved on that side of the ball, um, but Marcus Smart being a full time point guard might seem a little shaky after after they traded uh, Kemba Walker for uh, the returning. Uh, Al Horford, but it should help the Boston Celtics that they have uh, Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, who should have the ball, who should have the the ball in their hands more than anybody else. But um, but playmaking was an issue to be sure uh, last year for the Celtics. Um, so maybe that's that's where uh, Dennis Schroeder comes in, but. Uh, I don't think anyone would call him a pass-first point guard. Um, maybe you wouldn't say that either about Kemba Walker. So the hope might be that they break even there. There's more development from um, Brown and Tatum as distributors. Um, Grant Williams is a young guy. And Robert Williams, I should also say, who could be a starter for this team as big men who who are uh, exceptional playmakers at their position. Um, not to mention Al Horford, too, um, who was quite successful for the Boston Celtics in his uh, two or three years there. Um, and the Celtics have struggled in his absence at the center position since. So, um, yeah, being able to have one of Grant, uh, Robert Williams and uh, Al Horford on the floor at all times should um, should help them improve from year to year. Um, also, Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard were uh, two of the biggest standouts in summer league this year. So, if uh, you know if if that does happen to translate uh, in some degree. Um, and also just the natural progression of young players. Then, um, yeah, I feel like I feel like you can just go um, on and on all day about the real NBA talent that's on this team. But it'll be interesting to see how they put it together. With uh, um, I guess there's there's a there's a bit of turnover from the bench um, in Boston, but they still uh, have have the core of. Uh, 
Brown, Tatum, Smart, and, uh, you know, Horford as a newcomer. Um, you know, you, you got to imagine there's still there's still a bit of continuity that can that can uh, come back to the guys throughout the season. Um, as he was a fan favorite in Boston and uh, a veteran at that. All right, so let's see. Before I get into before I digress even more from Buck's content, um, we can share a bit of a laugh about uh, Giannis. I like this tweet from Josh Eberly um, with the Canada flag next to him on Twitter. Um, he comes up on my feed uh, quite often um, from the NBA Twitter circle. So, at risk of only of only knowing his his name from Twitter, um, he seems to be respected from others. So. Um, he tweeted out that Giannis pretending to bury the rivalry um, with Harden after he has a ring is the ultimate boss move. And I'd have to agree, Giannis, um, I will again reference RMKE Bucks uh, because someone there um, happened to share the entire interview where Giannis goes out and defends Harden saying, saying that um, he might not have saying that Harden might not have meant his uh, his comments on Giannis as negative as others have, had perceived it. Um, to rewind, the, the comments before were basically um, construed as um, um, Giannis not being a skilled player and and if Harden were... were you know, had the same measurables as as Giannis. He could be um, an infinitely better player than Giannis is. Um, yeah, that's like the main gist. I'm pretty pretty confident in saying, but um, of course, I only recall that from how the media framed framed those comments. Um, I don't I don't recall the full context there, nor do I really care to because. Um, has as potentially a theme in in these off-season debates. It all of this doesn't really um, matter or hold much weight as as we are NBA champions now, and Giannis really does not have anything to prove to anyone else besides himself if he so chooses. Um, we may also remember at this moment the. Um, the clip of Giannis uh, rifling a shot straight to, um, um, straight off of uh, Harden's face at 90 miles per hour, which many NBA fans um, <laughs> appreciated, um, and I think the Bucks even got the rebound off of uh, Harden's face and scored from that. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't even think that that was that was the initial. Um, that that was the initial genesis of this whole quote-unquote beef. But um, most comical part really is that, um, that to Giannis, he really doesn't seem to have time for, for these beefs as he shouldn't because um, it's childish and trivial and uh, clearly has he has more important things to do like uh, 
or had more important things to do, like like bring home a championship. And now the goal is to repeat. Um, and yeah, as if Giannis couldn't uh, become more perfect, it's um, also as- also astounding uh, that he's able to take the high road so much here. Um, as a guy who's like what twenty six years old, um, for him to have similar to to LeBron almost for him to just have a a squeaky clean um, resume legacy and character in general where no one has any reason uh, to hate him even if they could is uh, an added bonus to being able to watch him do incredible things every single night um, as the Greek freak that he is. We already talked about it a bit with uh, Elijah Bryant leaving us and uh, the rumors circling Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving. So not to belabor the point, but uh, the NBA has uh, reached a 90% full vaccination rate per the athletic champs Sharania. Um, So that's not to say... um, yeah, that's certainly not saying that we won't see um, certain health and safety protocol announcements because uh, I think it was just this morning I saw that Devin Booker will miss part of training camp due to uh, health and safety protocols. So that's not completely a thing of the past, but it's approaching that. Um, we'll get there even sooner if, um, if uh, these adults decide to uh, wise up and just get the damn shot and protect uh, themselves, their loved ones, and everybody else that they may come into contact with. Um, but what else can you ask for given um, all the other noise that's out there in society and, you know, all the other dumbasses that you and I might uh, come into contact with on a daily basis? And to loosen up a bit here, I'd like to share um, another Packers update with nine nine minutes and 38 seconds remaining in the second quarter. The Packers are still up 10 to uh, zero. Uh, and I'm not going to look at this point either. Um, or I totally am logging into my phone, but oh, no surprise. My fantasy team is still losing by an exorbitant margin. I am I'm down by, at this point, Ezekiel Elliott has to outscore Devontae Adams for me. Um, yeah, he has to outscore him by 24 points. And at this point in the Packers game, Devontae Adams already has 14.9 points. And... Zeke and the Cowboys are playing the Eagles on Monday night. So I look forward to the best game of Ezekiel Elliott's career. Now back to basketball and away from my uh, fantasy demise. Um, Last bit of general NBA news that I'd like to share before we uh, cut out of here is the biggest story of the week, and that is Minnesota dismissing uh, now former general manager, Gerson Rosas, um, for personal reasons, among others, 
um, outside of Rosas, um, Carl uh, Anthony Towns tweeted, t- <laughs> tweeted out, pardon me, um, WTF with four dots. That's right, four dots on the announcement of, uh, along with the announcement of um, Rosas being fired from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not a good look for the Wolves, um, but there are many schools of thought here in that. Um, although Carl Anthony Towns has, and rightfully so, every excuse in the world for not playing up to par at least this past season, and he's still a young guy, and he doesn't have a lot of talent around him. Um, maybe he isn't the type of guy um, that... NBA teams necessarily need to um, need to run every single decision, um, you know, with his approval. Um, the side that I probably more so subscribe to is sure, maybe every single team wouldn't do this, but this Minnesota Timberwolves um, probably should get uh, I don't know involved Carl Anthony Towns in some of the decision making process because. Um, as a young guy and approaching his prime and not having experienced a lot of success, um, he could be on his way out um, any day now. I know someone did tweet out um, that Carlisle Towns had privately privately requested a trade, but um, I think that that was just noise because there wasn't, there wasn't any support or discussion about this on other uh, national media outlets, but that that could come, um, you know, that could land in your new newspapers any day now. So, yeah, for the Timberwolves, not great if they're if they're um, if their best guy isn't happy. Um, I will say though, to the Timberwolves' defense, now this time the other side of the coin, um, uh, a lot of what's come out about Rosas is pretty damning. Um, there was, I mean, it's been talked about plenty at this point, um, so I won't be breaking. I won't be breaking any news or um, be a home wrecker by any means. But um, Rosas is rumored to have had an affair with a Minnesota Timberwolves employee, and that was likely uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, uh, although that is none of our business, um, the uh, Ringer's Mitch ma- uh, the mismatch on the Ringer uh, was talking about on YouTube um, earlier this week, which I just listened to this afternoon. Um, the now uh, had uh, bas- the excuse me the replacement for Garrison Rosas as head of basketball operations, uh, Sachin uh, Gupta was reportedly <laughs> the word that the mismatch kept using was banished from the team team facility for um, nothing nothing more major that I can recall besides a uh, disagreement between Gupta and Rosas. So um, that could also be what's falling into the vague category of performance reasons. And let's not also forget that uh, the Timberwolves just uh, acquired some new ownership uh, over the summer, and that can all 
that can often come with uh, cleaning house and bringing in your own guys and um, yeah, make sure making sure your employees uh, vision aligns with yours as an owner. So, although the timing before, um, if the wolves are the same as us, uh, the timing of roughly two weeks before training camp is pretty bad, um, especially for a team that. Um, is hung is beyond hungry for success and uh, risks losing their best guy. Um, yeah, although the timing couldn't really be any worse, um, it looks like the decision is justified at least to a degree. And Gupta reportedly still remains uh, committed to um, completing a Ben Simmons trade one way or another. Um, but I've spoken plenty about Ben Simmons. I might have more words on him again soon, but until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knuck a Few Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother. <laughs>